Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. A man named Mac is the main character in a book called The Shack by William Young. One day, Mac opens his mailbox and finds a note inviting him to meet with God at the shack where his daughter was found dead a few years earlier. He decides to go and has an encounter that was unlike anything he could have imagined. And I mention that book because a lot of people read it, or a lot of people know somebody else who read it, and also because Mac's encounter with God includes a character that is not the father, not the Son, and not the Holy Spirit. That character is called Sophia. Mac is overwhelmed by Sophia's presence. The reader is told her eyes glinted and glistened as if they were portals into the vastness of the starry night sky, reflecting some unknown light source within her. Now, as I mentioned when I preached at the beginning of this month, Sophia is the personification of God's wisdom. Sophia is the personification of God's wisdom. She was, according to one biblical scholar, a way of speaking about God Himself, of expressing God's active involvement with His world and His people without compromising His transcendence. And that's important because theologians describe the God of the Bible with two primary adjectives. Transcendent and imminent. You'll see them written down on your slip. Both of these words accent the different ways that God interacts with the world. Saying that God is transcendent means that He is outside and above creation. Saying that God is imminent means that He is within and under creation. And we hold both to be true about God. The great threats to this view of a God who is both transcendent and imminent are those that emphasize one and minimize the other. The threat on the side of transcendence is called deism, which says that God is totally removed from creation. He's off in a distant place, and the best we can do is struggle through our lives with the off chance of getting to where He is one day when we leave this mortal life behind. The threat on the side of imminence is called pantheism, which says that God is the same thing as creation. Basically, when you look at a plant or a planet, or a person, you're staring at part of God. Because the thing you're looking at is part of God. Over against either of those, the Jewish and Christian faith has opted for a different way that holds on to both. We recognize God's authoritative power to create, as well as God's guiding wisdom at work within that which He has created. 
transcendence, and eminence. And it's that wisdom of God at work within creation that came to be personified as Sophia, the mysterious woman who makes herself available to anyone who will have her. We find the largest deposit of reflections about Sophia in Proverbs chapters 1 through 9. And if you look there, you'll find that they're mingled with the words of a father giving counsel to his son. In the father's words of guidance, we hear that to live wisely, we must lend our ears to Sophia as she calls us to walk on the path of life. He says to his son, get wisdom. And you may recall that Sophia is the Greek word for wisdom. So he says, get Sophia. Don't turn your back on her, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. The father's tone in these lessons is neither overbearing nor passive. It's inviting and instructional. Years ago, there was a television show called The Wonder Years, and it opened with Joe Cocker's song about getting by with a little help from his friends. The lyric that always stuck out to me was, Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. You know that song? That's the tone that I perceive as I read these words of advice in the opening chapters of the book of Proverbs. To say, listen up, right? A little too strong, right? To say, listen if you want to. That's pretty, that's too weak. But I think that lend me your ears captures just the right note of invitation and instruction that we find in the father's advice to his son. But we have to ask, what is wisdom? What is this concept personified by Sophia? In Scripture, wisdom is presented as the awareness of the ways the world works, matched by the corresponding ability and intention to live in sync with those ways. The awareness of the ways the world works matched by the corresponding ability and intention to live in sync with those ways. One theologian says, To be wise is to know and affirm reality. To discern it, and then to speak and act accordingly. The wise accommodate themselves to reality. They tear along the perforated line. I like that. Wise people are those who tear along the perforated line of life. It reminds me of a friend that I had in college. He was studying in the Department of Wood and Paper Science. And he was the kind of guy who wanted to tell everyone about whatever new things he was learning. We had a cookout one Friday night, and the stack of napkins got pretty low, and so I tried to help the situation. So I I, I tore a napkin in half so that two of us could use it. But when I tore it, 
you might have had this experience, the tear darted across the paper until one piece was like twice as big as the other piece. And, and the edges of that napkin, of the, both napkins, looked like, like jagged mountain, mountain edges. That's when my friend chimed in with a lesson about paper. And he told us that paper, including napkins, has a grain. And then he showed us how I could have torn along the grain and gotten two perfectly symmetrical halves, both with straight edges. And that's exactly what comes to mind when I hear wisdom described as tearing along the perforated line. There's a sense, there's a sense of rightness to it. It goes with the grain. Wisdom can't be reduced to education because you can know a lot and not be wise. Wisdom can't be reduced to skill because you can get things done and not be wise. And wisdom can't be reduced to positive thinking because you can wish for the best and not be wise. Instead, wisdom is a comprehensive term that accounts for the full spectrum of knowledge, skill, desire, and action. And it brings them all together in one place. It's the intersection of seeing what needs to be done, understanding how to do it, wanting to get it done, and actually doing it. All four are necessary for living wisely. In the book of Proverbs, the father speaks his advice and offers his son a choice. Wisdom or folly. The path of life or the path of death. The son can seek Sophia, who is full of insight, or he can seek the wayward woman, Sophia's competition, who is full of ignorance. All of these themes come together in Proverbs chapter 2, where we find that access to Sophia is opened through a combination of attention, persistence, and grace. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to Sophia and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it, As for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. That's Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. I want you to see three ifs are stated before Sophia opens herself up to us. If you are attentive and inclined, if you call out, and cry aloud, if you look and seek, then you will understand. Then you will find Sophia. You will find wisdom, understanding. But Sophia also comes as a gift from God. So the next verse says, The Lord gives wisdom. 
gives Sophia. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And if you read on in that chapter of Proverbs, you'll see that when you have her, Sophia will save you from the wayward woman. Verse 16. And you'll see that when you seek Sophia, you will follow the steps of good men and stay on the paths of the righteous. Verse 20. It's all here. Attention, desire, effort, gift, grace. Two women, two ways. As these themes resurface over and over again in Proverbs chapters 1 through 9, we can picture a dad or maybe a mom trying their best to come up with different ways of saying the same thing until they think their teenager finally gets it. Look, Brad, I know what this is like. You know, when you're young, you want to have adventures, you think nothing bad can happen to me. It's just not true. Something bad can happen to you. Why would you want to take that risk? Um, your, your life's, you know, on track now. You don't want to do stuff that will get it off track. You know, you get, you get so much going for you. You got so much to lose. I mean, it, it, how about your soccer scholarship? And the trust of a family who loves you. Well, yeah, I don't want to lose my soccer scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the other thing. The other thing is the most important thing in your life. Nobody believes or cares in you as much as we do. I know that. So, what now? So the dad knocks on the door of his son's room again. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Can you understand? Do you get it? Son, daughter, will you listen? Lend me your ears. There's a choice to be made. And the way you choose matters more than you can possibly know right now. And just so you know, the father isn't oblivious to the allure of the other way and the other woman. He doesn't have his head in the sand. He knows she's out there. He openly acknowledges as much when he says, the lips of the wayward woman are as sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Given her ability to show herself in desirable ways, the Father offers a caring word of caution. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, 
you will lose your honor and will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. If you take up with the wayward woman, she'll take everything and leave you with nothing. Just like the rest of the Proverbs, it's as if he's seen it happen a hundred times. The ultimate protection against the seductions of the other woman in the other way is to occupy yourself with seeking Sophia. So the father tells his son, Say to Sophia, you are my sister. And call Insight, your intimate friend. Why? To keep you from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. Have you gotten the idea that he's serious about this? I hope so. And here too, I assume he's speaking from long years of seeing young people travel down these roads. He knows where they lead. The senior members of this church know where they lead. That's why we ask them to come in and share words of wisdom with us on Sunday mornings. We want to hear. We want to know. Help us. But people can and do choose to live wisely. That's the good news. There are people who tear along the perforated line. There are people who orient themselves toward God in whatever situation they find themselves. There are people who do that. If people couldn't do it, then the father wouldn't waste his time trying to get his son to do it. So it is possible to live wisely. Robert Frost, the great American poet, wrote a poem called The Road Not Taken. It opens with a person standing at a crossroads in the forest. To one side is a well-worn path. To the other side is a path that has been taken by far fewer travelers. The choice of path provides the most famous line in the poem. Two roads diverged, and I, I, took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. I understand that seeking Sophia, seeking the wisdom of God, is difficult in a society of immediate gratification, overt sexualization, and glamorized violence. The gimmicks and the hype that surround us on all sides can overshadow the way of life held out to us. But in the book of Proverbs, as now, the people of God are called to seek Sophia, seek the wisdom of God, and walk on the path of righteousness and life. We're all walking somewhere. The question is, which path 
are you on? We're the ones who are now called to take the road less traveled by, the path of wisdom, for that will certainly make all the difference. Let's pray. God, we are, we are all at different places on this journey of life, on this journey of faith. Give us the conviction to cry out for your wisdom. So often we stumble around in the dark, not knowing which way to go, not knowing to whom we can turn. Tonight we call upon you, so large and powerful that you formed the universe with a word, and yet you are so close and intimate that you formed us in our mother's womb. Give us wisdom where we need it most. In Jesus' name, amen.